Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Dart Depot is proud to be partnering with SENZ to bring you the very best in darts. 180! Talking darts, this is At The Oki on SENZ. Yes, good evening everyone. Welcome into At The Oki here on SENZ. Ben Francis with you through until 10 o'clock tonight. It's our fortnightly dart show where we talk all things darts. The show is brought to you by the Dart Depot. Darts, dartboards, lighting and more the Dart Depot. And back in studio. He's been away the last couple of shows for obvious reasons, but we got him back for tonight. It's the big rig, Ben Rob, Mate, welcome back. We've missed you. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Uh, yeah, had a baby. Uh, busy, busy. Uh, no sleep. Just uh, focusing on other things, and thanks for being patient. Let me back, come back, bro. I was gonna say you actually look a bit younger after after your lovely partner gave birth. I will tell you what, no, uh, dehydration and non no sleeping really helps with that. So, <laughs> yeah. no, it's been fun though, bro. It's been fun and spent time with the kids and Lana and all that. After a busy start of the year, it's uh, it's good to recharge the batteries. Yeah, no, so good to have you back, mate, and congratulations as well. But man, plenty has happened since. Uh, you were last on the show. I'm just going to start off straight away. Uh, firstly, congratulations getting selected for another World Cup team. I know you had to earn that, of course, by finishing top of the. It was top. It was for up to last year, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the full tour of last year. Yeah, top two. Because I, I wasn't a hundred percent too sure whether it, the, the cutoff point and after I, I I was doing some stuff for the PDC and um, writing some stuff up and I was trying to figure out when the date was and then it was the, like the following day it came out and I was like, oh, okay. So that, that makes a bit of sense. But congratulations, you're going to be partnering up with Warren Parry again. Yep. Is it your third year? T- third, third it's year? our third selection, yeah. but due to the first time of COVID, oh, of course, uh, we've yeah. only played, this is our second time playing. Yeah. But three selections are not bad in three years, mate. You know, well, with Warren Parry again, I think. Be interesting to see with the new format how we go because I think felt like in the pairs we, we we play quite well together. Yeah, so and that's the really exciting thing about the World Cup this year. It's taking place in June back in Germany, but we're going to have forty countries this time. I think it was thirty two before, so you get yeah. an extra eight countries. But the whole tournament is going to solely be pairs. Yeah, you're going to have at least two games. So you're going. I think you're going to be split into groups of. I think it's groups three. of three. Groups of three. And then I think the top eight countries get a bye to the second round. Top four. Top four. Sorry, my apologies. Uh, so you're going to have like there's a couple of extra games on TV. You're going to be playing in pairs the whole time. How like how excited are you for this new format? Yeah, I think it's exciting. For the viewers and the fans of the sport, I think uh, this is a time for the pairs to kind of be on show. And we were talking about it last year after I came back about 
how when it went to singles, it kind of lost its flair a little bit. And to have uh, the whole competition going in pairs, and then as the de- the tournament goes deeper, the, the league, the, the the game goes goes longer too. Like I think the final might be first or thirteen for pairs. That's a uh, it's a long game, and yeah, I'm just super excited to get back there and um, having a bit more time, not just one game, one done. And I think it's crossed for a good draw because I mean, even Australia won't be in the won't be in the seeds that they got to come into the group section because oh they're not God. a top four seed, mate. That's crazy. Defending champs should be definitely in the seeds. Yeah, and mate, you, you touched on as well about how, you know, you guys did well on the pairs uh, last year with Warren, and I think the pairs... I, you don't want to. You don't want it to cause skew, but you felt like when the matches went to those kind of single ones, it did favour the countries that did have the PDC stars. Yeah. And I think probably the best example of that is uh, yourself and Warren, and both your matches against uh, Ireland, like Northern Ireland, I think it was last year. You both got out to a lead early. Yeah. But then the the guys you played, Daryl Gurney, he played Brendan Dolan, and they kind of pulled away well they did pull away the end and win both those games but had it been at a pairs game it would have been a completely different story I 100% agree that I think if it went to the if it went to the third game for pairs both those boys wouldn't have expected to be there and me and Warren would have been on, on a high so yeah we play well together we understand each other really well um, we're kind of the same kind of person he's just 100 years older than me which is a bit, <laughs> uh, you know so I'll take his sleeping pills with him but nah he's it's cool, but we got we're the same vibe. We play the same kind of energy, and uh, when the moments count, we seem to step up. So, yeah, bring it on, and yeah, hopefully we go deep in the tournament and more prize money too. So, oh, it's yeah, always you, nice. You love even, you love more prize money, but it's crazy thinking countries. We're going to have Iceland. I can't personally. Iceland. I, I can't personally name any Icelandic darts players. I'm not saying they're not good at darts. You know, they proved the they proved the world wrong in football a few years ago. <laughs> uh, Ukraine in there as well. Bahrain. I think France have a team this year as well, and there's going to be things like Latin America qualifiers as well. I don't I can't remember if every country has been officially confirmed, but look, there's I think be, there are qualifiers too, eh? Yes. Yeah, so countries that, playing off against other countries. Yeah, so it's it, it is very fascinating to see how how it's going to go, but I think this is the format I think even the PDC guys probably wanted this pairs format because it makes it unique to the World unique. Cup. We've got the Grand Prix, which is solely double and double out. And yep. that's the only tournament on the PDC schedule which is like that. So that makes that one a bit niche. And the Grand Slam, I think, is you've got a group your, section. You've got your group section. So yeah. it just makes it just, it's another difference for this tournament, which is uh, very exciting. Yeah, 100%. And yeah, we were talking about it last year, how it kind of just. As soon as I went to singles, it kind of everybody was kind of waiting for the pairs game because it was where where it was. Both players on the stage going head to head, and yeah, I, I, and, and I think like you said, it's it's, it's going to give the lower tier countries an opportunity to up, do a few upsets because you're losing that rhythm that, that these these players are used to. They rarely get to play pairs, whereas you know countries doing WDF pairs is kind of on, on a weekend tournament. So yeah, and then me and Warren are teaming up the weekend before the World Cup at the Canterbury Open. So it's a bit of practice, kind of, you know, iron out a few crinkles and, and figure out a few things. And I guess the other thing as well, you got guaranteed two games, and I guess that that's good for you guys as well because those opportunities for TV matches do are too far, and you know, hundred percent, yeah, and they, and they are, they are far apart, and and you know that experience matters for those TV events. Like I'm way more comfortable now than I was four years ago, so. But, um, yeah, the more we can play, the better we're going to be in those moments. And then, you know, we all want this game to be a worldwide sport. So, I mean, 40 countries is really promoting it. 
uh, one thing that has been added to, your, to, to you since we since we last saw you is got, you've got your new ink on your arm. Yeah. So does this mean we're going to see a hacker? Oh, I don't know, mate. We don't really put those on demand, you know what I mean? But if they happen, they happen. And well, there has been one before. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Craig Corwell. Should we get Craig on the phone? He would love to talk about that, wouldn't no, he? he? He might be working, but I, I, <laughs> if it was me, I wouldn't be answering my phone. But <laughs> I think I think it's just one of those things, you know. It's um, when you make it like when you go far in a tournament, or if, if me and Warren were to make the semi or the final, you, you just kind of feel like you want to make a statement, you know. I don't know where Warren would be. He'd probably be way in the back room while I'm standing by myself. <laughs> Wasn't Warren with Craig when he did that? Nah, Phil Hazel. Ah, Phil Hazel. Sorry, was yeah. it? Phil Hazel just went off and didn't even tell Craig, so <laughs> maybe I might do the same with Warren. I might just step out there and see what he does. Oh, how good. Uh, we'd love to see it, though. We'd love to see it, uh, especially on the, especially playing like a country like in Iceland, for example, because they might not know. Well, they might bring out the Viking clap. Well, they might do, but but the thing is that I don't know if you remember that there was a clip. Um, I think it was the 2014 FIBA World Champs basketball when the Tall Blacks played America. Yeah. And there's the clip of I think Derek Rose is in there, James Harden, Kenneth Fareed, and they're watching the Tall Blacks through the hucker, and like the look on their faces yeah. was of absolute confusement. But the thing is, in the I think the, the, that year America was their third game, and in, I think it was the first game the team didn't actually know they did a hucker. So they just went off and went back in to sit on the sideline, coach have the last few words, and they just talk just on the hucker doing the same <laughs> on the court on their own. So it'd be it'd be interesting if you're doing like a country like Iceland and then they might you might you might make international news over in Iceland. Maybe, maybe. But you want to, you want to do it tastefully too, you know what I mean? You don't wanna make a fool of yourself. Oh, you? I think I think you're able to pull it off, mate. Oh yeah. I've got a face for a hucker. <laughs> oh mate, you know. I think when I played on stage in Hamilton, give uh, the old boy a a hongi. And, yeah, well, um, it's an iconic photo for yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It stands out. Well, a photo I, you know, I have at home. Me and me and my old man. It's a precious memory for me, and one of those ones you can, you know, remember. And you never know. You never know. Uh, have, is, do you have any say in how the shirts are designed at all? No, no. You just give them your sponsors. So you just last year they only gave us one. Ah. So this year we'll ask for three, eh? Sounds yeah, good, mate. One for the group stage, one for the quarters, <laughs> one for the final. Oh, mate, very cheeky. But, yeah, the World Cup of Darts taking place later this year in Germany. Uh, I'm assuming there's going to be some fundraising stuff coming up. Probably people can help chip in. Uh, I think we've got that covered already, to oh, be honest. Sweet, oh, sweet. I think we're right. using the sponsorship wisely. Oh, fantastic. Um, trying to uh, promote, you know, um, getting people to buy a sponsorship on the shirt. People are real keen to have their logos on TV, so... It's been massive. Um, we did a we did a shirt. We already done a um, a shirt fundraiser, uh, which was um, oh, I forgot what it was called. Have my back. That Amy Perry was was his wife set up, and it sold out in like two hours. And it, it, it pretty much covered our accommodation. So it's expensive to travel to Germany now after COVID. So to have you know these costs covered is massive. And you know when you make when you win prize money, you want to come home to the family with something rather than just paying for it. You know, the deeper you go, mate, <laughs> the bigger my boat. So, <laughs> 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 yeah, Lana's probably got yeah right over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff, mate. It's 11 past nine here on At The Yockey on SCNZ, brought to you by the Dart Depot, darts, dartboards, lighting, and all the Dart Depot. Plenty more great dart stuff to discuss coming up after the break. 16 minutes after nine here, SCNZ's At The Yockey with Ben Francis and Ben Rob, brought to you by the Dart Depot, darts, dartboards, lighting, and more at the Dart Depot. 
Now, uh, Ben, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, the PDC have been doing their own uh, podcast series, which is essentially like long-depth interviews with personalities involved in darts. Uh, so they, I think they've had Phil Taylor on. Uh, I think another one they've maybe had Paul Nicholson, the former Australian representative. Oh, guys yeah. like that. Uh, they they released one uh, last week with Matt Porter, who's the PDC chief executive. And it was about an hour long, and I decided one night when I was making dinner and, you know, bowing down to the wife, uh, because, you know, you, you know what that's like. Don't know what you mean, mate. Don't know what you mean, mate. She normally bows down to me, mate. No way. <laughs> I apologise immediately. <laughs> don't believe you for a second, mate. In, anyways, I, I had it on, and uh, Matt Porter mentioned New Zealand a couple of times. He was talking about some of his experiences in New Zealand. And I thought, for those that haven't heard it, I thought this might be a good opportunity to uh, to hear these mentions. 100%. We always love to be mentioned. Oh, exactly. We always like to claim it. And I think there's stuff that print media should definitely pick up on, especially if you know where some of these locations are. So, so the first clip we're going to play you, uh, Matt Porter talks about one of the first times he came to New Zealand, and it was about a long trip, and let's say it didn't go so well. Challenges. I mean, those are very specific ones mm. for specific events. Yeah, yeah I know yeah. COVID was yeah, probably yeah, yeah. the big one, but are, yeah. you know, are there any other that spring to mind where... It's been a, a real. You've been out of your comfort zone. Yeah, I mean, I think definitely work. You know, working working somewhere where it's culturally different. Working somewhere. I, you know, I went to New Zealand for the day. Flew like a twenty seven hour flight, eight hours on the ground. You saw four. I saw four venues. Came back again. The first venue we saw, there was a two foot gap between the bottom of the entrance doors and the floor, and the wind is whistling in. And I said to the bloke, "I'm not even going to go in. It's a waste of time." Went to the second one. It was a cattle market. It made the West Point Exeter look like Buckingham Palace. <laughs> and I, I'm thinking to myself, I've just been on a plane for more than a day. My plane back takes off in five hours. Please, please let the next venue be good. Unfortunately, then we found, the, you know, we found the right venue. But everything's a challenge. But if it wasn't a challenge, it'd be boring, wouldn't it? You know, so it's, it's so exciting to, to plan and then execute an event in a new territory because darts is such a ripe sport for development. And it's a sport that has got so much potential to grow in almost every corner of the world. And it's kind of our responsibility to make sure that it does grow. So if we if we just sit on our laurels and go, oh, yeah, we're really good in the UK, we're really good in Germany, we're doing well in the Netherlands and we're starting to do bits in Eastern Europe and Australia and whatever, great, let's just sit back and have a cigar. It's not really gonna it's not really gonna fulfil us, is it? You know, we've got to make sure that we can we can take on some new frontiers and 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 just give the dart, make darts a truly global professional sport because that's that's what it's got the potential to be. So I asked Matt Porter, I said, oh, can you please tell me where these venues are? And he said he'll tell me in August, so when he's over here. So he's, oh, he's probably hoping I forget. Man, interesting, <laughs> eh? Whoever took them to that first one, yeah, should lose their job. <laughs> well, but he talks so well, doesn't he? Oh, he's, he's a fantastic talker, but I, I, I'm, I, I just I desperately want to know where these venues are. Like, I'm trying to think of a venue that has a cattle, like a cattle farm next to it. And a venue that has a door that doesn't shut properly and, and brings a window. I could imagine like the, these yeah. PDC guys complaining so much about that. Oh, too windy, too windy. I felt like I felt like that whole description was Hamilton. <laughs> well, uh, that, and they, a, they came across Claudine's arena and they're like, oh, I definitely will take this one. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I really enjoyed it, Claudine's. I, I really like the atmosphere and like the, the way the arena is set up. It is suited well to darts. It's kind of quite enclosed. I felt like in Auckland when I was at the Trust Arena. 
um, the people it was like too far away. Too far away. Yeah, well, you, you played. You played there. You've played there. You've played at both actually. So you would probably know yourself being up on stage which one is better. Yeah, yeah, and you feel like the crowd's over the top of you almost in Hamilton, mm. a great venue, and like I'm well, going to the Alley Pally. It's, it's it, I think it's a better venue than the Alley Pally. Yeah, how can you say that? But you know, it's it's the people that make it, and mate, New Zealand always gets packs that place out over mm. four and a half thousand people. I I do know, and but this is prior to COVID that they had been looking at potentially staging two New Zealand Darts yeah. Masters. Uh, so it was one of they were looking at for one at the north, one on the south, yeah. uh, and they because they were looking for quite a central arena as well, so one that kind of could get all the people around. But they were also looking for one and both. And I thought maybe this year could have been the one because I did hear a murmuring that there's only the one in Australia this year. Um, yeah. that, that there was talks of potentially another one being added, but I don't think that will happen this year. But it's something yeah. I'd say, depending on how it goes this year, I wouldn't rule it out for next year. But this is this is just purely speculation. I can't don't know anything in concrete, but I do know that there have been talks. Yeah, and I think if you're taking one away from Australia, you know, are your plans to kind of go more global, or if you're, you're going to take one that massive land of Australia and give two to New Zealand. It'd be a great promotion for New Zealand arts because obviously we're performing really well, lots of potential, but yeah, I think before COVID, I think it probably might have happened, but maybe they've restructured how they want to go forward and maybe it's because Bahrain got a yeah. More serious. So I mean, they might be looking at trying to get more global. Move I, it around I, think, a bit. I think they added they, they added one recently. It was in Pol. I think it's the Polish Darts Masters, which is part of the World Series now. But I I think it might. It's either just before or just after um, they come down here. But we'll see. Uh, mate, do you like do you like a cheeseburger? I do like a cheeseburger. Do like I, don't, a, I don't even know where this is going. Do, but do, I do. you like a two dollar cheeseburger? I love a two dollar cheeseburger. Well, I can tell you one man that doesn't like a two dollar cheeseburger, and that is one of the darts commentators, Stuart <laughs> Pike. And that's because he, Matt Porter was also asked about something that really bugs him. And this, 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 just listen to this. With the chase tag that I do, the other mm. ridiculous sport that I do, mm. uh, we had an entire tournament sponsored by Zaxby's, which is a takeaway brand uh, okay. over in America, where I had to three times per episode uh, say indescribably good chicken. So if you if you <laughs> could get anything like that, yeah, because yeah, while yeah. it is ridiculous, does make me smile. Getting yeah, just forcing presenters and commentators to say ridiculous things. So next it. time you see Stuart Pike, make sure <laughs> you tell him that if there's 180, 180s in the New Zealand Darts Masters, he has to say $2 cheeseburgers. Because unfortunately, Stuart wasn't 100% delighted at having to embrace this particular phrase. And I got to the point where I said to him, if you don't say the phrase, I'm not going to pay you. <laughs> so it's up to you what you want to do. And after then, the whole country in New Zealand knew it was $2 cheeseburgers. There you go. So there you go. Absolutely. Superb. Yeah. And what about broadcast? As, as a man up on the stage, did you know it was $2 cheeseburgers? No way. When did that happen in Hamilton? I don't know if it happened last year, but it was this was definitely this was definitely prior to COVID. They had it at uh, the Trust Arena. I at, remember it at being Auckland. in Auckland, and then they had it in the first year in Hamilton as well. But I don't think it wasn't 180 180s. I think it was 80 because let's be honest, trying to get 180 180s over a weekend <sighs> is pretty. Uh, that's hard to do. It's hard to do. I guess when it was in Auckland, it was a three day event. Yeah. Now it's a two day event. 
Remember? But, yeah. Yeah, I think it was three days. Yeah, Friday, yeah, Saturday, Sunday. So, like, the, the Friday was the... Uh, Qualifiers. The, like, the, the first round, then it was the second round, semis and the final. Yeah. And the games were a bit longer as well, but I guess to try to fit it all into the two nights and the busyness of the schedule, uh, they just they changed it up. But I don't have an issue with it, but... Yeah, I like two days. I like two days. Well, but, I, I mean, I, everyone likes $2 cheeseburgers. <laughs> Hopefully they bring that back. Today's economy is probably going to be four dollar cheeseburgers. <laughs> and you might you might have to hit a hundred hundred. Yeah, you're going to hit three hundred and fifty one eighties. But anyways, check out that chat on the PD wherever I think it's on Spotify, YouTube, wherever. But that was just the as, as we say, like as, as us as Kiwis. My apologies. Uh, we love any mention of New Zealand. So when I heard that, I was like, oh my god, that's where we are. You know, typical. Yeah, and I feel like the game's in good hands with Matt Porter. He seems like he's motivated. He wants to challenge challenge himself and, and, the, and the sport. And, yeah, it's just taken off. I reckon it's taken off a lot in the well, last five years. Well, I think the one thing that's been good with him and Barry Hearn in charge is just their terms of approach and trying to grow the game. They're trying to grow it from the bottom up whilst others are trying – other sports are trying to grow it from the top down. Yeah. Which I based – there's a particular sport, uh, very popular in New Zealand. I won't name it. People will be able to pick up on what it is. Uh, they are the ones that are doing from the top down approach. And let's just say Ooh. it's not working. I don't even know where you're going. Oh, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just I'm just merely pointing. I'm just having a little dig. Oh, okay. At, at what's the shape of the ball? At, what, what's, what's the shape of the ball? Yeah. Uh, it's a it's an oval shape. Oh, I know where you are. Now. And, yes. and they might they might have an office just down the down the, the hallway <laughs> from us. But, uh, hey, but, stay away from that. <laughs> but uh, look, I I like the way they're going, and I guess a good example is like with the growth of the women's series as well, and how they're trying to let that grow over time. They're not trying to just throw all the women in the deep end and give them. Just, just make it fail. It's just letting it grow over time, and it's not going to be an overnight success. But they might look back in ten years and think, "Look, this was the right way to do it because of where we are now." Yeah, and developing, developing the abilities of the players instead of just throwing them in TV events and whatnot. You know, starting off with a pro tour, um, creating these, you know, these stars in the game with Makuru and Bo Greaves and Fallon, obviously Fallon and Lisa Ashton. So they they create they're getting these these big big names built up and getting them ready for the big show and you know then I think the players the players match play the woman had the match play that's now going to be televised yeah so I think that's up to it they've got 24 uh, women's events across this year so it's an increase of four I think on last year and there's a certain point it must be like a a June cut off the top eight at that stage then go to the women's match play yeah. Uh, and then the winner will win the, the match play trophy. They get to play on the iconic Winter Garden stage. Uh, and and now the winner goes to the Ali Pally as well. Yeah, so it, it's it's great. And I think they're looking at the you – know, they had three women last year, and I'm sure they'll be looking at something similar uh, this year as well and looking at how some of them go. You know, there's definitely going to be more uh, – I don't want to call it upsets, but there's going to be games where we definitely think the women have got a good chance of winning. Oh, the ability of the women's game is definitely growing. And that's to, that's the to credit to the PDC, hundred yeah. percent. If you create ability and a profit, you know, money to be made that you can change your life with, then women are going to start looking at the game more seriously. And mate, the, the money that can be made is, is growing this game, and uh, the the big names coming through for the world champs, they aren't going to be a pushover. They are going to make the guys uh, nervous because they they have a right to be there just based on their ability, and not just. The fact that you're going to try and let a few females play in, in, in the in the in the court. Yeah, which is the great thing about trying to grow it from the bottom up, the bottom as, up. as opposed to going from the the bottom down. Uh, the, the other man, of course, behind the BDC, as I mentioned before, Barry Hearn, and he's the one that helped get Eddie Hearn across because 
uh, sorry, uh, Barry Hearn tried to get Matt Porter across is because Matt Porter worked at Leighton Orient. Eddie Hearn used to, sorry, Barry Hearn used to own Leighton Orient Football Club, and that's how where that relationship started. And I think Matt Porter was the C. He was one of the youngest CEOs ever of the football league, I believe. Jeez. Um, which is of the ninety-two clubs across the top four divisions and football and then he came across to the PDC and that's where he's been for, for quite a while anyways it is 28 minutes after 9 here on At The Oki uh, we've got a very exciting guest coming up after the break yeah I think it's going to be a dangerous guest a dangerous <laughs> guest <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we, we will reveal all after the break here on SCNZ from New Zealand as he makes his TV debut it's John Hurry. Twenty-seven minutes away from ten o'clock here on SNZ's at the Oki, brought to you by the Dart Depot. The Dart Depot is your one-stop shop for all things darts and queue. Visit dartdepot.co.nz. And that audio there you just heard was from the 2018 uh, Auckland Darts Masters. It was uh, John Hurring, who is our guest. He made his TV debut in that just after you made your debut. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I am correct in saying that. We know the story that you got the late call up, but didn't John beat you to qualify? <laughs> Am I, is that correct? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He beat me well too. <laughs> yeah, he did. And and, uh, and and John joins us now. And and John, one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on, mate, and uh, thanks for joining the show, is because you uh, you kicked the man's butt next to sitting next to me in, in your final DPNZ event three, I think it was, to win your first DPNZ title. Yeah, finally got over the line with Ben. He's um. He's beaten me for pretty much two years in a row in uh, tournaments, so it was good to finally get one up on him. Mate, sure. how, how, how was that to win your first uh, DPNZ title? Uh, no, it was real good. It was more like a sort of just like a, a release to finally get it done. I felt like I should have done it a while ago, but um, hadn't quite got over the line. But no, I felt good, and I'd been uh, practicing with Ben for oh, a good month or so, most every couple of days, so... I knew the game was there. I'd sort of been smashing them up on the practice board, so it was finally <laughs> good to get over the line over him. <laughs> if you had to have a win-loss ratio in our practice, bro, what do you reckon it is? Uh, and the win-loss ratio on the practice board, oh, I'd definitely say I'd be up on him. Yeah, you know, he, he, Ben always talks you up. He, he, I swear, every time I see you, he says, oh, John, John's, he, John, he's kicked my ass again. He's kicked my ass again. <laughs> yeah, well... It sort of seemed to be that way at the start when we first started playing in the first few years where I, I did win a bit more than him and then um, since he became the sort of superstar that he is now, he's <laughs> definitely had the wood over me uh, in tournaments 100%. Like, just, he's beaten me every... Not that we face each other every time in a tournament, but when he did, he definitely beat me. And there's always moments and chances that I missed that he, and he always punishes, so it was good to finally get one over him. <laughs> Uh, so, John, uh, I, I'm just trying to get the rankings up right now for, off the top of my head. It's, uh, sorry, on the computer and it's loading. But that, that win will elevate you. You must be very, you're third on the on the standing. So that puts you in a very good position for everything that comes up later in the year. Of course, we'll have the top 16 playoff for the, the world champs as well. But 
I'm assuming one of your goals will be to try and get back on that TV stage for the New Zealand Arts Masters? Oh, 100%. That's always been the goal. Um, I've been a bit uh, lazy, so to speak, in the last few years and just with other stuff on and whatnot, but um, I've been really putting the time on the board to try and get myself back up on that um, on that stage again. So hopefully all goes well this year and get to have another go at it. Uh, I have to ask you one question. I've seen you play a few times. I uh, saw you at Birkenhead last year and uh, I think it was, was it Papakura? One of the two. I get the two those two Ps mixed up in Auckland. And I noticed you, you, like, you like wearing the sunglasses when you play. So uh, <laughs> when, when you got up on the stage, Gerwin Price got to wear the, the earmuffs. Are you going to be rocking the sunnies? <laughs> Uh, I, I'd be pretty sure they won't let me. <laughs> I've, I've been made to take it off before in a final. <laughs> and oh. that was against Ben when I beat him to qualify. <laughs> oh, I was saying, surely, surely if they let him wear some earmuffs, surely they'll let you wear the sunnies. We're, we're talking about it off here. We could say, like, they, we, could, we could brand them like the dangerous sunnies. Oh, that'd be handy, wouldn't it? Yeah, hope, <laughs> I, hope I anything, has the shirts, bro, yeah. and you can have the sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's something I've always sort of had, but um, yeah, everyone sort of gives me a bit of stick about it. But I don't know, it's just one of those comfort things that's always with me that I always have on my head. But yeah, oh, just I, for d- a, I doubt they let uh, sunglasses. Just for a bit of backstory about you, bro, um, bro, how did you get into darts and and uh, what have you achieved so far in the game, bro? Ah, uh, how to get into darts? Um, getting into darts was. Um, well, it was kind of accidental, really. It was uh, I played rugby since I was five till I was 29, and then uh, when I was 28 and 29, I fractured my wrist in the same spot two years in a row, which made me unable to play rugby anymore, which was always my passion. Um, and then, yeah, just seeing darts on the uh, the World Champs at Christmas time one year. Oh, I don't know what year that was, but um, about eight, nine years ago. And then just thought, that's awesome. Like, these guys are just incredible. So, yeah, bought a dartboard and took about three weeks to get my first 180, and that was it. I was hooked. That's all it took. I was just absolutely hooked from there on. Mate, I don't want, I don't want to do this comparison, but I feel like you kind of set it up here. So you're telling us that you could be the next girl in price. <laughs> that's only right. <laughs> who, and who used to coach you, John? Who used to coach me? Yeah, it's at... Um... Sunma, Sunma. Oh, Scott Robinson. Oh, he was my rugby yeah, coach. Royalty. He, John was his first. Yeah, pick he was for my coach five. from I don't know two, two thousand and eight till two thousand and fourteen or something like that. Oh crikey! Yeah. Can 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 Razor throw a dart? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not, I actually never seen him throw darts, but uh, well, I didn't start playing darts until I finished rugby, so not sure. Maybe, maybe, maybe that could be a challenge. Maybe, maybe we could set something up. We try to get get a dartboard down to Razor and get him to throw a few darts. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good, eh? Well, bro, where's the where is the ceiling for John? You're, what do you what do you reckon? Where do you see yourself, bro? Do you are you trying to aim for the world champs? Are you are you just trying to win local tournaments? Like, obviously, you got the game to take it to anybody in the world, in my opinion. But how, where do you want to take your game to, bro? Yeah, I suppose it's probably the same sort of targets as you have. It's um, ideally I'd love to love to qualify for the World Series again. Um, love to put myself in a in a spot to have a go at the World Champs and give that a good crack, and possibly as of next year try and line up to try and get in that top two to play in the World Cup pairs, which would be 
an ultimate goal to, to go overseas, which I've never done, so it'll be awesome. That would be the ultimate goal for sure. Um, <clears throat> mate, we're going to give you the opportunity here to give your uh, sponsors a, a great plug, so the floor is yours. <laughs> uh, yeah, shout out to um, Heartland Prenell, Wayne Goodman and Chrissy Goodman, uh, Shot Darts, Edda, uh, Luke Drake Flooring, um, Steve Mellor, SCM Security, We've got, um, oh, he's going to put me on the spot. <laughs> um, who else do we have there? Your um, brother, your brother. We have my, bro- my brother who's at RB Recruitment and my, one of my other good mates, um, Ryan from Bridgestone Ties. I hope I haven't not missing anybody. I think I think that's it. No, you you sound like a man. I have a couple of good friends. A couple of good friends helped me out as well. Uh, Heath and Dutchie. Hey, uh, no more sponsors than me. Ben told me before that if you uh, be- manage to beat him in Nelson, he- he'll buy you a couple of beers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> you just stay. You just stay out in the Hopi side of the drawer. Hey, leave me alone. Oh yeah. Normally draw you, but it'd be nice to, get, to avoid you all the way to the final. That'd be good. Uh, John, before we let you go, what, what, I guess winning or probably qualifying for the TV might might be the answer and playing in front of a crowd, but what would you have you got a one moment playing darts that has really stood out for you that stands out more than the rest? Uh, oh, that's a goodie. Um... I'd, I'd have to have the, Ham, uh, the Auckland Dart Masters for sure was definitely my standout thing. That was like it, it went way too fast, and it was like a blink of an eye, and it was over. But to me, that was that was a that was the best moment of darts I've ever been in. Did you watch that game, Ben Francis? Just a, yeah, I was. I, I might have actually spoken to John after the game, actually, because he, you, um, I, John was playing Rob Cross, who was the then world champion. Then world champion, and he had two darts at tops Mate, to win it. Set and up it, an eleven darter to win the game. It's his first one eighty in the last league. And had two darts and absolutely choked it, mate. Why, Honestly, why if I had two darts, oh. I'm probably sitting here talking <laughs> about being a world champion. <laughs> no, nah, it was incredible, mate. It was incredible. <laughs> mate, Your you, last you, moment on TV was almost an 11 darter. You, you, you missed one. I missed one, but if I had two, I definitely would have put it away. <laughs> Jeez, definitely. What are you talking about? That first mark he hit. Uh, no, he doesn't do that often. But, but uh, John, do, do you remember? Do you remember much about that night and like the whole build up to it, me- meeting <laughs> meeting the players, uh, play, being on that same stage with Rob? Um, so me being at Hope I probably had the worst build up <laughs> leading into it as we got there a little bit late. So we backstory to that. So we got there. Well, not necessarily late. We sort of got told uh, we had a certain time from four thirty. We thought we'd rock up around half past five. And then the security guard took us to the back entrance and we would have been around there for half an hour, 45 minutes. They wouldn't let us in the back. And finally we had to get taken around to the front and they're like, oh, you're late, you're late, you're late. So we did miss out on a bit of um, meet and greet time with the pros, um, which is a bit disappointing. Um, so by the time you got in there and they showed you the stage and... Mate, I walked into the bull up. Remember that? I walked yeah, into the bull up with Simon Whitlock. That was crazy. Yeah, so we didn't get to do as much as we wanted to on that specific night, uh, just because we got there a wee bit late. But wasn't really our fault. But yeah, no, it was. Um, but it just went like a blink of an eye. But it was, it was amazing. It was really cool. Was it, was it Auckland traffic? Because I remember driving there on the Friday, and it was uh, took took quite a while. No, no, no. no. Me, John, and Hope. No, it had nothing to do with that at all. <laughs> 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 we were across the road at the pub having a good old laugh, thinking we had heaps of time, oh, and then we're like, oh, geez, we better hurry up, hey boys. 
typical Kiwi bloke, right? At the pub, like, thinking we had so much time. Uh, the other thing, John, is I don't know if Ben told you this. I actually got him in trouble because I found the audio of when I first interviewed him, which was yeah, after, he heard it. which is after he they lost to Simon, and I sent it to Ben, and he played it to his partner, and uh, Ben mentions uh, uh, someone else in there, and he I think I think he had to sleep in the outside for a couple of nights <laughs> after that. <laughs> yeah, John heard that one too. That uh, sounds like Ben. Oh, cut it out, mate. Cut it out. Uh, John Hurring, thank you so much for your time uh, joining us on the show. Uh, look, all the best for coming up, and uh, let's hope you get back on that TV stage because, mate, from what I've seen, you've definitely got the game to uh, to cause a few upsets. 100%. Uh, awesome. Thanks, mate. Now, hopefully, uh, it all goes well because, yeah, the game's definitely going pretty strong at the moment. So, hopefully, we can uh, be a bit more consistent and do some damage. John Hurring there joining us. Uh, he won the DPNZ Pro Tour event three, beating my fellow co-host Ben Robb uh, Thanks, in, in that Thanks. final. You're most welcome. Uh, it is 15 minutes away from 10 here on SCNZ. We are 10 minutes away from 10 o'clock here. SNZ at the Oki, brought to you by the Dart Depot. The Dart Depot is your one-stop shop for all things darts and queue. Visit thedartdepot.co.nz. Uh, so over the last couple of days, uh, they've had the... Pro Tour events. Christoph Ratajski winning one. Dirk van Dijdenboda winning his third of the year. So I think, hey, I think he's just on the cusp of the top 10 now, which is quite incredible, his rise up the ranks there. Uh, we've also had the Premier League going on, which is which is the main one. The last two weeks we've had Knights 10 and 11 in the Premier League. I guess the big talking point, well, Johnny Clayton went back to back, which was which is impressive. But Peter Wright has finally had somewhat of a resurgence. Uh, he reached the final in night 10. He reached the semifinals in night 11. He's still last, and he's been last for, for donkeys. Yeah. But with how many nights have we got? One, two, three, four. We've got five nights to go. If he kind of keeps up that momentum, he might sneak in. So the top four right now, Michael Van Gerwen and Gerwen Price, they're definitely in. Then you have a bit of a log jam. So you've got Michael Smith on 18 points, Johnny Clayton 17, Nathan Aspinall 15, Chris Dobie is a bit further back on 10, Dimitri Vandenberg is on 9. He has not been playing at all uh, well at all lately. And then you've got Peter Wright. I'm not, I'm not saying Peter Wright's going to make it, but if he can kind of, as I say, if he can kind of maintain that form that he has been showing, then I wouldn't rule out that he would be in the mix heading into the last night. I feel like he's a fan of the Warriors because <laughs> you know, like you talk about starts. He had a real poor start to his Premier League, which is might make him not make it through to the knockout stages. Well, he went. He looked. The first five nights didn't win. Then he reached the semi-finals. Then he had another three nights without winning. Then he reached the final and had the semi-final. So he's playing Dimitri, I believe, in the first uh, round. In the, in the first round coming up this week, and then he could play either Van Gerwen or Aspinall. Uh, I would say he's, I'd say way he's going, he will beat Dimitri. So Dimitri's still class though. He, oh, when he, when class. he has lost, he's been very unfortunate. He has been unfortunate. He's had some very close games, uh, but we just want to touch as well the night eleven, which is the most recent one. Gerwen Price winning that one. He was sensational across all three of his games. He averaged 115 against Chris Dobie in the first round. Chris Dobie had 103, which was actually <laughs> the third highest average out of all those first four games, and he lost. If he played pretty much anyone else, he probably would have won. I feel like I know that feeling. <laughs> Same. Uh, <laughs> then Gerwen Price had 108 against Michael Van Gerwen's 104, and then he had 100 in the final against Michael Smith. 
best player in the world right now. Good on price. Good on price. Just seems to win. Seems to have something over Michael Van Gulen too. Uh, I think he said that he's won, I think it's five straight against Michael Van Gulen now. That matters. That it matters. Do, it does matter because I remember he when Gulen Price won his first Grand Slam, there was a lot that, yes, he had won a major, but he had never conquered Van Gerwen. And I don't think it was until the, the Grand Slam the year after when he finally conquered Van Gerwen. And it was a year of continuous booing where that was the kind of point where you felt fans started easing off him a little bit. Yeah. But then it's just gone to another level again. <laughs> yeah, with the whole earmuffs thing as yeah. well. And it just shows how good he can play when the, when the crowd's not against him. Well, especially when he goes over Germany and that doing the Euro, Euro League stuff, he was just he was just killing it. And, but he's definitely the best player in the world right now. But Peter Wright's world number two for a reason. He's de- if anyone can make a push from last place in Premier League, it's Peter Wright. So depends what darts he brings to the stage. Oh, of course. Well, we don't want to go down that road. But the the next upcoming night, which was Friday morning New Zealand time, is in the Netherlands at Red Hat Rotterdam. Ooh. So I think Van Gerwen is going to be incredibly tough to beat. And is he the only He's Dutch the only boy? Dutchman there. Oh, so they'll love him. Yeah. That's going to be a tough game for anyone to play. But Peter Wright, everyone loves Peter Wright. Yeah, well, Peter Wright, well, they could meet in the semifinals depending on how it goes. Uh, but, I mean, I wouldn't put it past Peter Wright. He has been playing some better stuff lately. But and he's got pedigree. He has got pedigree. Two-time world champion for a reason. Oh, exactly. I'm, I'm really excited about the top from, from the rankings from, from 12 to 18. Which is Damon Hitter on eighteen? It's only thirty eight thousand dollars difference, and you crack if you make that top, you know that top sixteen. That opens up so many opportunities. So the next couple of weeks before we come back, that whole second half of the top sixteen could be drastically changed. It could be. So there's plenty of great darts coming up on the horizon. I think they've got European Tour qualifiers coming up, and I think they've got another Euro Tour this weekend. And uh, you, <laughs> you'll be you're back in action this weekend, I believe. Yep, I'm in Napier doing the North Island Masters. Uh, I uh, won that before previously. Uh, didn't make it last year. I, I forgot why, but yeah. Um, I won the South Island Masters in Invercargill last weekend, so I'm in good form, especially after DPNZ at Birkenhead. I kind of fell off a little bit there, so good to win again. Uh, back in Napier and then back to the Pro Tour for DPNZ. Uh, and Nelson for DPNZ, was that five and six? So. That's great. And some big points on there. You want to make the you want to make the World Series. This is Rick Counts, and there's a lot of guys push up. Especially John in thirties, real close. It certainly does, and that brings us to an end here on at the Yockey for this week. Thanks to John Haring. Thanks to my uh, fellow co-host Ben Rob for being Thank in you, studio. We'll Thank s- you, Ben Francis, for hosting. Oh, no worries. We'll see you again in a couple of weeks. All right. That's see. been at the Yockey here on SCNZ, brought to you by the Dart Depot, darts, dartboards, lighting, and more. First Serve, hosted by Brett Phillips, coming up next here on SENZ.